Today's episode of the Sports Talk Garage podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing you with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get paid when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. Now, let's get the episode started. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage podcast, where we discuss and debate the latest news and hot takes from the court in the ball fields to the locker room and front office. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those oversized contracts, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Welcome back, Sports Talk Garage Podcast listeners. This is your host, Matt, uh, on with my faithful co-host, David, not to say anything against John or Mike, who are not able to attend for various <laughs> reasons tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, we wish them well, and hopefully we'll have them back to uh, have our full cast back soon. But, uh, you know, as we go ahead and get started, David, how's things going? You know what? Pretty well had a relaxing weekend. Um Work is a little busy ramping up for end of season, I guess more end of semester stuff as we are sending kids home at Thanksgiving. So that'll be a little different time frame than normal. But yeah, things are good. Uh, Master's coming up this week, so I'm excited about that. I get some golf in that was supposed to be in April. So I'm happy. I'm ready to go play golf. <laughs> yeah, I could go for I should have done that now. this weekend when it was... <laughs> almost 80 degrees outside i bet there was so dude motorcycles were a plenty up here i can imagine yeah it was nice and toasty this weekend i forgot that it was actually fall for a few minutes right yeah go out and walk with a pair of shorts on and you know enjoy Mm -hmm. the park and yeah all right um david real quick why don't you tell folks how they can contact us just in case they would like to be part of the show You can always email us if you have any questions or comments about the show, feedback at sportstalkgarage.com. Check out our website, sportstalkgarage.com. You see all the interesting stuff about us, who we are, what we do, past episodes, links to the other podcasts that we have partnered with. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garage Pod. Cool. So without further ado, let's drop the green flag, and we're going to talk about a sport that we probably don't spend enough time on, but uh, let's go ahead and cover some changes since we just had the end of Major League Baseball season, uh, end of October. We've had some quick turnaround signings. We, we've already talked about the White Sox making a big uh, manager hire. What about two big names that we were not expecting to have this soon? Yeah, well, I mean, we got the White Sox with LaRusso, who apparently got a DUI from back in February, which is a little odd. Second one since 2007. But yeah, the Detroit Tigers and Boston Red Sox have both brought in, I guess, new or maybe in the case of the Red Sox, old blood to manage the team for the upcoming season. Uh, Both have a connection to the Astros from their sign-stealing scandal. 
uh, were out of baseball for a year, and then all of a sudden they're back in baseball. Yeah, Detroit, I find this one a little more plausible. I can understand this one. You know, the guy's young. He's 46. He's a former Detroit player, so he has a history with the club. But he was quoted as saying about 30 minutes after the World Series last out, his phone rang. So we sat out for a year. Alex Hinchman, or excuse me, AJ Hinch, um, basically wanted to get back in the game. Detroit said, yeah, we want you. Hop on a plane, come here. And he's there. Which I think is kind of cool. I mean, you got to imagine if you're in that scenario where you're suspended by Major League Baseball, the Astros fire you. You're like, am I done in the MLB? Am I, is this the end of my career? And then all of a sudden, once your suspension's over, teams are like, hey, come on, let's get you back. That's got to be a good feeling. I'm sure, oh, I hope he regrets, you know, the situation that he was in and not stopping it or doing things for it. But I think it's a good move for Detroit to bring on somebody who's young, who can kind of guide the team there in a rebuilding phase. And he's probably a good man for the job, especially with the history that he has managing, but also as a former Detroit Tiger. Yeah, so all those are good things. And this is a guy that I'm not, I'm kind of with you. I'm not surprised that they jumped on top of this they waited till the end of his uh suspension period Mm -hmm. i am kind of intrigued that it was that fast of a turnaround yeah it makes you think maybe they're worried other teams might try to contact him so they want to be first in i don't know if that has something to do with it could be um he also got a contact by justin verlander Pretty cool. Who ace for the it, Tigers. Right. And he has been, he spent some time with the Astros, I believe. And, uh, you know, he even kind of congratulated him on the situation that he was going to get back into the game that way. Uh, I, I will say I was very impressed with how, uh, how Hinch kind of handled himself in the press interview. He took every bit of it. You know, this is not how Detroit baseball goes. This is not, or this is not Tiger baseball. This is not something that we're super, uh, you know, I'm going to have a lot of talks with the team, each, each player individually. I'm going to basically make sure that I'm getting in front of this. This is not the way Tigers baseball, you know, I had my part in it, uh, you know, because I didn't stop it, even though I knew about it. Is this something that he's going to get a ton of criticism throughout the next several seasons? Like anytime they're winning, they automatically try to figure out if they've got something going on in this has got to be the quietest dugout, right? Yeah. Because they're not allowed to, you know, you'd be thinking, well, gosh, if a guy yells, then (laughs) it must be him trying to signal a pitch. Yeah, I can see that coming from two areas. One, the fans. I think fans might fans tend to have a short-term memory in some aspects. I think that might come into play here. If they're winning, great. If they're losing, they'll do what every losing fan base does and call for the manager to be fired. The media, though, I think might be the ones to harp on it. They'll be like, hey, remember back in 2017, they had that sign-stealing scandal. This is like 2024 still talking about it. I could see that coming up occasionally. Or like, kind of like you said, if it's not quiet, the dugout, like, oh, well, are they doing something? Was that noise? Did that mean anything? <laughs> but yeah, I don't think the fan base, whether it's Detroit or opposing fan bases, are going to make too much of a deal out of this one. At least I hope not. You can, 
you get a dog whistle out and everybody has to wear special <laughs> earpieces. There you go. I like that. Well, you know it's not going to be Detroit fans that are worried about it. I mean, they're a very faithful bunch. They mm-hmm. really are. Uh, living up in this area, I you know, there's a lot of them because you have one of two teams. You're either following – if you're a baseball fan, you're either following Detroit or you're following Cleveland. And then the third area is one of the Chicago teams. Yeah. Outside of that, you go back to, you know, Boston or the Yanks or, you know, something that they grew up with their family. But essentially, most of them in my area are Detroit fans. Yeah, and I have some family in the suburban Detroit area. They're hardcore Tiger fans, and they seem very happy about this. So I, I think they're fine. I think they're good. It's a good hire. So again, they're not going to be, be the ones for a that, while. They're not the ones that they're going to have a problem no. with this. It's going to be every time an opposing team shows up, they're going to have a problem. Yeah, and I I hope there are some opposing fans who bring some signs to get on the ESPN Sports Center about it. I think that'll be cool just to remind him occasionally, like, hey, you were part of that. You were part of that cheating. Well, and does that cost him potential for getting into the Hall of Fame? Because he's yeah, got a I great mean, record behind him as a manager. Oh, that's tough. Here's the tough part. He's 46, so he has a long career ahead of him, potentially being so young there's no telling what the baseball writers would say about that i think it's definitely a sticking point where if you were I mean, like a first ballot hall of fame where he might not be and drop down to second or third but he's so young that he has enough time to kind of write the second chapter of his career if that outweighs what the astros did it might not be too much of a stopgap for him well let's let's switch over to alex cora being hired right back in as soon as he's allowed to by the Red Sox, who finished at the bottom of the rankings the last two years. I mean, their their stand-in manager basically almost waved as Cora walked in the door. <laughs> yeah, Hi, I never knew one... you were coming back. Not <laughs> Hi, have a good one. You know. Yeah, this one has me a little puzzled. It's kind of like the Red Sox are like, okay, well, you're suspended, so we're going to get rid of you. But as soon as the season's done, we're just going to bring you back. I know they probably didn't officially say that, but both sides are probably thinking, you know what, we like you here. You're good. We're just going to have an interim guy for the year. He knows he's not sticking around very long, especially when we have a crappy season. And Cora got a two-year deal with a two-year team option after that's really a four-year deal. I thought it was very telling in the timing. Um, I believe this was released by the Red Sox on Election Day, which is smart on their part because obviously with Election Day, you know, the presidential race is on the news cycle. So this kind of got pushed down a little bit. So people hopefully weren't paying attention. I'm sure the Boston faithful love this, but I think it's a little odd that, you know, he's gone. Then as soon as the season, all right, let's just bring him back like nothing ever happened. Granted, that didn't happen in Boston. He was still a part of it in Houston with the cheating scandal, but I just thought it was a little funny, the timing of things. Right, and this is another young guy that that has an opportunity to make a name for himself. And uh, even though he was more illicit in what was going on, he's mm-hmm. obviously got a history of, of being a solid manager and being able to pull up um, wins and and players and 
put them all in a place where they need to be to, to be successful. Yeah. And he's got his work cut out for him. I mean, Mookie Betts and David Price aren't there anymore. They won a title with the Dodgers. So there's some flexibility in terms of salary cap space that he can play with. And he's got a, I think a decent nucleus there to build off of, but as you said, he, you know, he could build players. So hopefully with that flexibility, he can bring in some guys that he wants, whether it's bringing up guys from the minor leagues got trading guys from other teams and probably get a solid team back together and competing in the not too distant future. Well, he's going to have some salary space cap from the two that you mentioned that he can work with to get his team back in place. Mm-hmm. So different team than what he last managed. And it's funny how much it can change in a year, but I mean, the Red Sox like him, obviously they brought him back first chance they got. So they trust him. They believe in him. And I'm sure he has the same powers before to make decisions as he previously did. Yep. So making a quick change, but staying in the same lane, uh, universal DH getting that designated hitter in 2021. Maybe, maybe not. What do you think, David? Well, I mean, this is 2020. Anything that happens in 2020, just kind of shrug it off. Be like, it's 2020. Anything goes. I feel like that's the implementation of the designated hitter in both American and National Leagues is essentially uh, we're going to do this for the good of the game. We want to have the game played. If it's going to get people out there and keep games shorter, let's do it. Obviously, next year supposed to be a full season, hopefully, for the MLB. They'll revert back to the current rules where the National League does not have a designated hitter. I know there's been talk for a while that they want to expand that, so both leagues will have the designated hitter. I don't think it's going to stick around because the current CBA ends in a year. I think they'll probably try to negotiate it into the next CBA, which will potentially start in 2022. I think it was just a one year. Let's get it in during the coronavirus year and go back to the way things were in 2021. Okay. But let's, I mean, let's talk about designated hitters are essentially pitchers typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do they need to, as a player of the game, make hits on their own? Yeah, these are these are basically like the call it the quarterback of the field. Like they they have one job, mm-hmm. and it's not really to run. So, I mean, as a fan, I think I would like to see the pitcher up here because they're part of the game on defense. They should be part of the game on offense. But when you look at other sports, you know, other sports have specialists. The NBA has three point shooters. Their whole job is just to come in and shoot threes from the corner. The NFLs have punters. They don't do anything else. They just come in and punt. So why can't MLB have a guy who's a specialist whose sole job is just to pitch? He doesn't have to worry about batting. doesn't have to worry about stances or swings. All he has to do is focus on pitching because, I mean, that's your defensive area right there. The better you can pitch, the more time you can spend there and perfect your craft, the better. So if you have a DH to take your place – who's probably going to do better than you hitting balls, getting singles, whatever the case may be. I think it's a good trade-off. Well, it's certainly not back in the day when you had uh, managers playing in the game with the rest of the guys (laughs) by any means. So, you know, the more and more we go, the more and more specialized and higher paid these specialists get. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of tells them to stay in their lane. I mean, let's be honest. If you have a pitcher take – well, that'd be one way to, to get rid of a pitcher that's got a nice little strike count going. Um, 
or a series of knock or uh, K's in there for strikeouts. So, you know, the pitcher walks up and you beam him. I mean, gonna hurt. yeah, I'm just going to throw something at you, but you just beam the pitcher. Now you can't do it multiple times. If you hit him in the right spot, he's not coming back or he's not going to be at full go. So I, you know what? I don't think this is one of those things that you have a choice. I think based on the way we've moved the sport, you have to allow a designated hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Every league has people who are specialists in a specific area who are hired just to do that job. MLB just seems to be a tad bit behind since only the American League has the DH right now. I have a feeling in the not-too-distant future, and probably 2022, it's going to be in for both the American and National Leagues to allow pitchers to perfect their craft, stay out of harm's way from that perfectly thrown ball and hit them in the shoulder while they're batting. So let me ask you this. Is it Mm-hmm. Is this something that would be a fair trade for the players to accept a universal designated hitter in exchange for expanded playoffs? Oh, I think that's a very odd concept here that MLB is throwing at them. Like, hey, if you accept, you know, your pitcher not having to hit, we'll give you more playoff teams. I get it. I mean, more playoff teams are good for the MLB. You have more people coming to games when we're back in the world where people actually go to games at a full scale and concessions, parking, you know, a kid wants to go buy a hat and a t-shirt from the team store. So money's coming in. TV sponsors are liking it because there's more games on TV. I just don't really see how it's a, an equitable trade here by implementing the DH. It seems like the money is way off. Sure, you have more guys getting jobs, but at the same time, that's a you know I don't know a couple million bucks, whereas two more playoff teams is going to be many many millions of dollars for MLB. So I'm not yeah. really sure it's a fair trade. It's an interesting concept here, but dangle the carrot. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like the MLB is saying, hey, if we give you this little piece here, we're going to take a lot over here, but you're you'll be fine over there. Well, I think the MLB has one of the best players associations out there for professional sports. So I'm sure that that'll be something that they can get together and make that decision real quick on. Well, I'm sure players will say yes or no. And MLB, or I guess, yeah, MLBPA will take it back to MLB and say, Hey, this is what they're saying. This is what we want. And if you want to implement this, these are some demands. And we've seen a baseball stoppage before or shorter seasons. It wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see it again, especially after the season we just had. Being only 60 games, it's the time's right for it right now, if it were to happen. That's true. All right, and uh, with that, let's go ahead and drop the yellow flag. Uh, We'll take a quick sponsor break, and uh, we always love to hear from our sponsors. We hope that you'll uh, pay attention to them real quick and, uh, you know, take a look at their products. We love our sponsors. We really do. Support for the Sports Soccer Ads comes from Manscaped, the best in men's grooming. It's time to gear up and give yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. Yes, I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. The Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology and is also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside the brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Crop Preserver, Crop Reviver, and Boxers. Tis the season to give yourself, your dad, brother, and all your friends the best gift of all. 
the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code PODCAST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using our code PODCAST20. Welcome back, Sports Talk Garage Podcast. Uh, we are happy that you're here. We uh, hope that you enjoyed a little bit of time talking about Major League Baseball and uh, some of the craziness going on in their offseason. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to change gears a little bit uh, to stick to our uh, racing theme that we have on occasion, and we're going to move to the NBA. So with how this season has gone, because I feel like they really set the tone for COVID, right? Going down to Florida, bubbling in, doing quick playoff elimination to end the season championship. Now they've got a, a proposed start date coming up basically, what, in December? Yeah, and a little over a month from now. So in that time, you've got to basically get and make sure I've got all this right. You have to have the draft. Mm-hmm. You have to have camp, basically, yep. team camp. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get ready for your team start. Oh, and by the way, along with the draft, you have to get all the salaries that are coming up redone. So all your front office signed. is right. Your front office yeah. is about ready to like <laughs> strangle somebody. I'm sure they're running on monster drinks and coffee right now. Yeah. So kind of just comparing what a normal timeline looks like compared to, you know, this accelerated timeline. There's normally roughly five and a half months between the end of a season, start of new season with a champ crowned sometime mid-June. Uh, we got a draft at the end of June. Free agency starts on July 1. Training camp somewhere around end of September, beginning of October and then opening night near the end of October. Uh, well, this past season, because of the pandemic and moving things a little bit later down in Disney World, uh, the Lakers were crowned champions on October 11th. Uh, so the NBA draft is next Wednesday, which is November 18th, so just a little over a month away. Free agency starts December 1st, and then the first game of the season starts December 22nd. So we have just a hair over two months from ending of season to a new season. Yeah, I think from, you know, it's a compressed schedule, 72 games since they're missing basically the month of November plus playoffs. However, the goal is to be finished by the Tokyo Olympics. So that way, you know, some guys can go play in the Olympics if they choose to. So they don't really have much time like this year to stop and restart later because the Olympics are happening in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great for the fans, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the fans have got to love this, you know, only going two and a half months without basketball. That's always a good thing, especially those eight teams who did not make the bubble, like the Hornets and John's Bulls. And even for Mike, the Magic, I mean, they barely made it, but not by much, but for the Hornets and Bulls and the other six, they haven't played a game since March. So for fans of those teams, they're ready for the season to come back. Whereas for teams that went deep in the playoffs, it's only been, you know, a few weeks. So I'm sure they're loving having their teams back on television. Not much time in between. Yeah, that's true. So basically if we kind of segregate this down to 
winners and losers because we kind of started okay. this. Let's think about the winners. So fans are winning, right? Because sure. fans are loving most of uh, like any NBA fan just as an NBA fan, maybe not your team specifically if they got knocked out back in March, mm-hmm. but most fans in general are going to be pretty happy because you basically had a one month off month and a half and you're right back at it. Yeah. Well, less than that, if you consider, because I know with NFL fans, the draft is part of that process coming into the following season. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. No, next week. Not even two weeks. Yeah. Not even two weeks. <laughs> next week, that's going to be here. It's We've got things going right now. Okay. So fans are a win. Who else gets a win on this? You know what? Teams with continuity, teams who don't have a lot of free agents, who are keeping most of their roster they already have the chemistry there. Whereas teams that are having a lot of guys leaving, bringing in free agents, obviously every team is drafting, but got a bunch of new guys coming in. They have a very short timeline to rush without making hasty decisions, integrate those new players, try to get some cohesion going to get out on the basketball court and actually make a difference instead of going out there and looking like a bunch of middle school players who haven't picked up a basketball before. So Teams who have been together for a while, probably the playoff teams, certainly had that continuity since they were just playing a few months ago. Definitely a win over teams that are kind of in that rebuilding stage right now. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to be said if you've got a couple guys that have that. It ain't Kobe, but maybe that mentality of just working straight through. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. big win for these guys because they get to be – basically right back in it they didn't have to you know worry about that couple months off season where you could be sliding through and taking your time off for a little bit this is you know you didn't have to wait long in between get right back yeah, into your sure game some guys are back in the gym getting up shots in the weight room yeah this could bring back this could bring back our conversation from before covid hit where we were talking about uh players taking games off though yeah, a lot. Uh, load management has become a big thing in the past couple of years, and I'm not sure how realistic that's going to be. I mean, I could potentially see it with some teams like the Lakers and others who made deep playoff runs. Some of their stars might not want to start playing again after eight to ten weeks away. So that's that's a loser then on the situations, the teams that made the deep runs this year. Yeah, Um Players are tired. I don't know. Players are tired. I mean, like LeBron's, I don't know, 35, 36. He has a million minutes. He's played. I'm sure his body is a little exhausted, even though he takes care of it better than almost anybody else. But for any team that made a deep playoff run, I don't know if those guys want to just come back all of a sudden and get right back on the guard for 72 games, plus hopefully more playoffs. So it's possible some of the stars could sit out for the first couple weeks just to give their body more rest, which would also help develop younger players. Which So it's it might be a win-win, depending on what the schedule looks like, if they have some easy games where they could probably coast by for a bit. Sure. So yeah, load management is probably going to be a big topic the first couple months of the season. For sure. Um, let's see who else. Front office is going to be a loser. They've got a short, <laughs> short period of time to get a ton done. 
They earn their paycheck you this and, off season. Yeah, and I think this will definitely help separate, you know, who the solid GMs or, you know, VP of basketball ops or whatever title they have. The really good ones from the ones who are just halfway decent at their job with, I don't know, a month to get rookies in, bring guys back, get new guys from free agents or trades. Can you imagine trying to fit all that in in a few weeks when you normally have five and a half months to do all that stuff? Yeah. I can't imagine all the planning and logistics and conversations and late night emails going back and forth between you know, staff members, potential free agents, whoever is trying to construct a team right now. That's got to be absolute torture for them. Well, let's talk about the the big winner that we've kind of danced around here, and that's going to be the league's bank account. <laughs> Follow the money, right? I mean, essentially, it's a business. Everything goes back to money. And well, you just talked about December it. Twenty second. You just talked about it with baseball. If they're expanding playoff runs, that's that's a big financial. Yeah. For all the teams, Future they'll be. So yeah, I mean, Christmas. That's. I think there's two things here for the league's bank account. Obviously, baseball doesn't play on Christmas. Football doesn't play on Christmas. It's solely basketball that plays on Christmas. They got those marquee games. People go to games or tune in and watch. So that's one thing. But also another option was waiting until roughly MLK Day, so about halfway through January, which would be a $500 million hit just by waiting another month. So if the league could prevent losing $500 million just to get another month of basketball in, I think they're always going to push for that because no matter who you are, no matter how much money you make, that's a lot of money to be losing out yeah. over a one-month time span. The thing, I, the thing I'm going to be concerned about with them starting in December is, as you said, you're, the students where you're at are being released on Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. they're not coming back to campus. But you want yeah. the NBA to start in December, which, you know, to their credit, they did a good job bubbling. But are you really going to do that for a whole season to keep people away from their family, number one? Number two, put where are you going to put them all? Are you going to have two bubbles? Well, I haven't really talked about that. I don't know if there's a bubble system in place. I think it's might be just no teams playing where they are, no fans possibly. And I did read somewhere, I cannot remember where this is, and I feel really bad saying this without it, but they might try to implement something what baseball did where let's say you fly to New York to play the Knicks. You would also play the Nets, so you're only making one trip to New York instead of flying there twice or might try to hit a certain geographical location, play all the teams in that area. So to kind of reduce travel, which as we've talked about before with guys sleeping on planes and getting into hotels at 4 a.m., that probably will help their body by lessening the amount of travel. So maybe that'll be good for them. Yeah, I don't think a bubble system is being looked at for this. I think they have a decent amount of information that they feel comfortable with just playing at home. Fair enough. So that could throw some interesting wrenches into the works over the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, free agents, I think, is going to be another downside of this situation, too. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You know, such a short time frame to make a deal. And obviously, free agency starts December 1st. Then you have to get camp in. Then the season starts on the 22nd. So you have three weeks to sign a deal, 
go to camp, get acclimated to your new team, get some chemistry with your new guys, kind of get integrated into the offense, learn the offense and defense, kind of get used to your coach. And that's assuming you even sign on the first day of free agency. There's probably going to be guys signing a week or two late, probably joining the team as the season starts. So for them, it's going to be messy. There's probably not going to be a lot of money coming out in previous years where guys are getting these ridiculously $200 million high deals. So for free agents this year, it's really going to suck for them. So we might see some guys just stick with their current team on a one-year deal just to maybe wait till next year when things are looking a little peachier. That's very true. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and drop the checkered flag. And I guess final thoughts for the week. Um, I guess I'll start. We're uh, I get to do some traveling with a college teammate of mine, uh, Mr. Mike, and we're going to go run up and, and just do some time catching up as dudes because we haven't done that in a long time. And he's a big coffee guy now, so he's already got about 10 coffee shops he wants to hit at this place we're going to. <laughs> and uh, But we're celebrating his birthday, so he's he's pretty stoked. Uh, aside from that, you know, this weather change thing is, you know, it's great to have the warm weather, but dude, I don't know about you. This is, this is killing me. My sinuses go all over the place when mm-hmm. weather changes like this. Yeah. If it would just cool down and stay that way, that'd be fine. But the back and forth, uh, cool with a jacket one day, shorts and t-shirt the next is not, not a good thing. Right. Um, or give me some consistent in the middle. Like I'll take 65. That 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 that's yeah, that, that, fine. Good. With I could go me for that. until after Christmas, and then you know, give me like a month or two of snow, and then we're we're done. That's what I thought. Well, thank you, Siri. I appreciate your thoughts. <laughs> uh, David, what are you thinking? Well, I'm excited that Masters is here instead of April. It's going to be weird seeing Augusta without fans. But the Masters is here this week, so I'll be watching that. Uh, my Liberty Flames beat That's Virginia right. Tech on a last-second play to go 7-0 and and are now up to number 22 in the nation in both the AP poll and coaches poll. So congrats to them. Play Western Carolina next week, which should put them at 8-0. and um, Ohio State is 3-0 playing at Maryland this Saturday. Should be a cakewalk. And I don't, just to rub it in, UNC – Manhandled Duke on Saturday. Are we hold on? Are we surprised? So, no, but it's just a good score. So I have to whatever. Hey, UNC manhandled Duke. That's a great ending right there. I love it. And Matt's speechless because he knows that Duke lost to UNC again. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of curious at this point. Notre Dame. <laughs> How long has it mm. been since they've been in that high of a spot? Is it, you know is what? it overrated I because they didn't have... I mean, Clemson was missing a solid set of players. Yeah, I will say that, that that freshman quarterback looked pretty decent his second game in, considering, but it was, it was definitely a point shootout. You know what? I said it a long time ago, and I think I said it a couple weeks ago as well. If Notre Dame can run the table, they will be in the championship game. And that meant beating Clemson twice, which they 
were able to do in overtime Saturday, most likely they'll play them in the ACC championship in a couple weeks, which would put them clearly in the national title picture if they were to win that and say undefeated. So crazier things have happened when a non-conference member somehow wins a conference in a weird year and, but they're still an independent. Yeah, it's weird. But they're up to number so two. I think there's something to be said here. If Notre Dame, because the main thing is going to be if Notre Dame plays a healthy Clemson and they beat Clemson, hands down, they have the ACC championship. Mm-hmm. They need to be in the, the four. Um, but yeah. I told you Trevor Lawrence is overrated uh, for what they make him out to be. He's a solid quarterback. And somehow the team has some major issues. Uh, to Notre Dame's credit, compared to Boston College, Notre Dame shut down Etienne, who's an ACC record holder for most yards with that. run. Right? He did not have he a good a game. terrible yeah. game. Yeah. So they, they did some good stuff. The last time they were ranked number one was in 2005. I you know I think this is one of those things where I think they're still a little overrated. I think Ohio State's a little overrated. I you know this is the COVID season, like this is the asterisk year. So there uh-huh. is some interesting stuff coming up here. I, you know, obviously there's not enough contenders against Alabama typically, but they're having to play inside the season. I think if the Gators can stay healthy. You know what? No, I think the one that I'm most excited about this year is BYU. BYU is eight and zero, right? Number eight. BYU is another dingy. They're good. They look really, really good. So yeah, there's uh, definitely some intrigue with this season. There is. Uh, let's see who do they have next. I'm just curious. You you brought up your boys, so I had to kind of. I mean, BYU stomped <laughs> all over Boise State at Boise State. Now they have North Alabama and the San Diego State left, but I think they could, I think they could be listed potentially in the top five when this is said and done. Yeah, it's not under realm of possibility. They certainly could. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and end the episode there. That was a lot of fun. Sorry, I just. I got really excited with, uh, you know, with everything going on and, you know, footballs is, I think my favorite sport to keep up with. So anyway, um, with that, David, go ahead and tell our audience one more time, if they would like to be part of the show, how they can reach us. Yeah. Always send us an email feedback at sports Our website is everything about us, what we do, who we are, our previous episodes, if you want to catch up on stuff that we have talked about in the past, uh, www.sportstalkgarage.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, have your voice on the show, we'll answer your questions on air, Uh, 704-612-0190, and social media, Facebook and Twitter, at Sports Garage Pod. Give us a follow, Uh, comment, like, share, whatever you want to do on whatever platform, and we'll be happy to talk. Sounds good. All right, with that, let's uh, go ahead and sign off. David, it was a good one. Let's uh, always good. Let's uh, definitely get prepared. I think everybody will be excited next week. We'll get some uh, great topics on, and 
the main thing is hopefully we can get back our two other hosts so that uh especially john so that he and i can argue about something ridiculous as we like to do (laughs) so and with that we will say good night thank you for listening to today's podcast if you'd like to have your sports related question or comment featured on the show please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at sportsgaragepod. If you enjoy the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.